It's time to get away from it all. Doesn't matter if you say you or y'all. Let's all get out there and have some fun. Bluff City Outdoor Show is for Welcome to the Bluff City Outdoor Show. Thank you, Barry Woods, and indeed welcome to another edition of the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Quentin and my partner, Mark McMurray, the owner of Bluff City Outdoors. And uh, yeah, great to see you, buddy. A lot, uh, lot going on out there, lots to talk about. Yep, yeah, yep, it's good to be back. I mean, had a... A nice week of weather, and now it's going to cool back off again <laughs> yeah. for a little bit. One of those uh, famous St. Louis area weeks where we had uh, one day in the mid-80s, and then the next day was in the uh, upper, upper 50s. 50s yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were going to also talk to our buddy uh, Mike Marfell. He was in the uh, big tournament at Lake of the Ozarks last weekend, and um, I know we talked I, – I can't remember, Mark, if we talked about this on the air or off the air. But uh, Mike didn't do his part of the fishing report last week because he was being as tight-lipped as possible. Yep. And Mike is usually pretty laid back when it comes to tournaments, and he's not one of those guys that's like – Afraid to say anything because right. he doesn't want anybody stealing his he gives up gives strategy. up information pretty but good. But he was, but you could tell that this tournament that he competed in last weekend was a big deal to him because he was as tight lipped as I've ever seen him. Yeah, yep. He basically didn't want to say anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so looking forward to hearing. I, I honestly don't know. We've had a, a, a chaotic week, obviously, in the news and here at the radio station. So I honestly have not followed up with Mike yet. I don't know how they did. I, he was, yeah, I didn't hear it either. was a team tournament. He had uh 10 horse Monty Gay Montgomery with him. And so I don't know if they, did I don't know well, if they're a millionaire, if they or, cashed yeah. a big check or if they, <laughs> and we'll all may find out. Even, yeah, yeah. We'll all find out together. Talk to us. Maybe <laughs> no, beneath them now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We'll all find out together here in a few minutes. Very much uh, looking forward to that conversation. And yeah, still a great time, even with the weather, even with this little, you know, uh, Temperature change and flip-flop in the weather. Still a great time to be uh, taking advantage of the great outdoors, whether it be fishing or uh, trapping, which we don't talk about enough. And, of course, it is also hunting season in both Missouri and Illinois. So uh, we'll get into the fishing stuff here in a little while, especially when we get Mike on the line. But what are you hearing from the guys in the woods, the the customers that are coming in and out of the shop? Yeah, I mean, so deer hunting's been pretty good. Uh, a lot of people are, are – or, or seeing a lot of deer, they're really starting to move. Uh, fishing's been outstanding, uh, mm-hmm. just crappie, bass, you you name it. Everything seems to be, you know, put that feedback on for the fall. So and yeah. you get a pretty good run of that. You know, it, it'll stay pretty good fishing all the way up through Christmas. You know, um, we talk about we've we've mentioned a couple times over the last few weeks about the population of deer specifically, but it's not it's not just deer, but for this conversation uh i'm i'm specifically talking about deer and how much i i feel like there's been more encroachment and it's not and correct me if i if if, you know if if you're having a completely different experience but it's not even in like new construction area like where there wasn't buildings before now there's buildings and of course that used to be where the deer live so you're gonna see them i'm talking about like in subdivisions and highways and areas that have been populated by people and buildings for years 
are all of a sudden seeing more and more deer. And here's what made me think of this. Our boss here at the radio station, Jeff Allen, hit a deer in North City coming into work earlier this week. He was like, he lives out in in St. Charles County, and he's kind of out in the sticks a little bit. So he's like, I, I'm yeah, used I mean, to being, I'm used to having my head on a swivel and looking for deer when I'm driving, but not downtown. I mean, I could see it because you look around. I know when I come across the McKinley Bridge, I mean, there's, I'm not sure what street that is, but when you're cutting across it, there's little patches of woods here and there, and, you know, there's, you know, there's a fair amount of abandoned buildings that are overgrown. I mean, there's places for cover. Uh, you know, there's plenty of grass for food. You know, they just adapt. Yeah, they're not a huge number of them here, but right. they adapt. Are they? The, are they? You ad- got the riverfront down there. Are they adapting to that environment, or are their numbers going up, and and that's pushing them into the areas where the people are, or is it both? Yeah, I think it's both too. And you, and you know, you get down here in like downtown St. Louis area. I mean, their only enemy is going to be a car. Right. You know, you know, once apparently they, once they it was size, this yes. week with Jeff Allen <laughs> because you know, nobody's going to hunt him. Yeah. Uh, so. Right. Right. Yeah. I just thought that was, uh, you know, I thought that was crazy. You could tell that he was, and of course he wants to talk to me about it because of this show and he were the outdoor guys. Right. So he's, you know, a beeline towards me when he came in that day. Like, I know you guys have been talking about no, I, this on, on the show. And he was like, I, I saw it for myself in person today. He's like, I, I couldn't believe it. I was. Yeah, I know. Uh, Sunday morning, with the time change, it was lighter when I drove yeah. down to the shop. To, yeah, we yeah. open at seven. I'm going down Broadway, and there's just a giant buck. He's he's running right down the middle of Broadway, not crossing it. He's running right down the middle of it. Man, going, holy crap, that's a big deer. Yeah, you know? that is. But uh, you know, we there's a lot of deer down where the shop's at. Yeah, and uh, but you know, it's right on the edge of town. Do the customers, do the uh, the people coming in and out of the shop, do they have a big reaction to? The time change to some of them like, like, you know, the hunters, they can get out earlier in the morning. Maybe they like it. Maybe they hate it because they, because they, you know, can't go get out in the woods or on the water after work sometimes. Is there a general yeah, consensus? I think, you know, a lot of them are going to lose that, you know, that afternoon hunt that they might've been getting in before, mm-hmm. you know, depending on when they get off and stuff. So I think it makes it a little bit harder there. Cause I hate it. I freaking hate it. I hate standard time. I it should never be dark outside when there's a four on the clock. Yes, I mean, and it's already <laughs> it's pretty dark at five thirty already. So. I know, I know, and it's going to get worse for the next month or so before it finally starts to turn around a little bit. So yeah, I I hate it, and uh, you know I get it. Oh, what about the kids staying at the bus stop? Well, a couple of those kids are mine, and they can stand in the dark. They're, they're a house away from they're one. They're like 15 steps from their front door. They're fine. <laughs> they can stand in the dark. So I'm not driving home every night in the dark uh, at 5 o'clock at night. Um, but, yeah, I didn't know if there was like a – I didn't know if that was a um, um, an issue for the outdoorsmen. If yeah, was, I, I just think they lose their afternoon hunts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's probably. You know, depending on what time they get off work or right. at least it cuts into it. Right. Uh, what are you hearing? Uh, or what's the, what's the latest? We haven't talked uh, about the um, about the archery range a whole lot lately, and um, I think that that is something that we should remind people of more and more often because it is such a good time and such an asset, such a resource to our area. Now that you have have built and opened up that uh, archery range there at Bluff City Outdoors, uh, you can shoot in it every day. You if you're super um, uh, experienced, 
you know, you it's it, you can go out there and and get some practice in. If uh, you're like my daughter, my 13 year old daughter, who shot for the very first time a couple months ago and had an absolute blast. You know, you, you could take advantage of the uh, archery range there as well. Uh, I know you guys have talked about setting up leagues and things like that. What's uh, yeah, what's, what's happening? Don't with the have any leagues range? going on right now. We'll, we'll start those again in January once we get through the holidays okay. and, and pretty much get the deer seasons winding down. Pretty much, you know, everybody is given a choice to go shooting at a deer target or a deer. They're <laughs> sure. going to go shoot at the deer. <laughs> yes. uh, so it's it's yeah, the leagues don't go. You know, we'd have. We didn't do any of this time last year. We just waited till January to get yeah. going again. Yeah. But there's still a lot of people coming in to just shoot. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, when they're out hunting and the string breaks or something goes wrong, then they got to come down and get, get the bow fixed and then get it tuned back in. So mm-hmm. it, it, it works. And a lot of times they'll sit around and shoot for another, you know, half an hour or so. Yeah. I think it's, it's a great, I think it's a great reminder for folks that, uh, that it's there for you every day to shoot in the archery range at Bluff City Outdoors because it's an absolute blast. If you've never done it before, I highly recommend it. You'll probably get addicted. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's just nothing else like it. There's there's very few places that you can go and get that experience in our area. And uh, it's just one of the great things, one of the great uh, things that they offer there at Bluff City Outdoors in Alton, Illinois, about a mile east of Fast Studies there on Broadway. As I mentioned, we're going to talk to our buddy uh, Mike Marfell here in just a moment. Also, Wanted to quickly remind you while we're talking about all of these outdoor activities, another great one at this time of year, of course, is being outside and grilling. And the next time you are doing that, you need to have a bag of Rockwood Lump Charcoal alongside. Rockwood Lump Charcoal, great family-owned local business that has been ranked the number one consumer-rated charcoal in the country for several years in a row now. So it's a superior product. You're supporting a small local business you're supporting local industry and rockwood lump charcoal is just a better product across the board if you've never used uh rockwood lump charcoal before and you're used to the traditional briquettes uh, you will be blown away it, there's maybe a one uh, maybe like a, a one grilling session learning curve you can figure it out pretty quick and it you'll see for yourself it, it The charcoal burns faster, it burns hotter, it gives you more control. You don't need nearly as much of it because it's not full of a bunch of chemicals and filler like the briquettes are. So the 20-pound bag goes a whole lot further for you and uh, just gives you a superior grilling experience across the board. So uh, next time you are going to be entertaining or just having a, a barbecue at the house with the family, make sure you have a bag of Rockwood Lump Charcoal with you. Rockwood is available at over 100 area stores, including all Ace Hardware locations. Find the closest one to you and pick up some grilling tips and tricks all at rockwoodcharcoal.com. All right, going to take a quick break here, and then we are going to check in with Mike Marfell, professional fisherman. Talk to him about that tournament last weekend, what he is uh, learning out on the water right now. We'll uh, learn about uh, the results in that tournament and also uh, do kind of an abridged version of this week's fishing report uh, with Mike as well. That's all next here on the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 1019 and 941 News Talk. Turns out my baby loves to fish. You want to do it all the time? Worked all week, got it all done. Let's make a Tennessee River. Run. 
Welcome back to the Bluff City Outdoors show on 101.9 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Tony Colombo in studio with producer Quentin and uh, Mark McMurray, the owner of Bluff City Outdoors. And joining us on the line, as we mentioned, is our old friend Mike Marfell, professional fisherman coming off a tournament. And uh, Mike... I was, I, 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 we were just talking in the, in the first segment, um, I, with everything happening here in the, the news this week with the debate. And then we're also going through a move here at the radio station. I have not followed up with you. I have no idea how last weekend's big tournament at the Lake of the Ozarks went. So I am looking forward to having this conversation and I hope <laughs> we're not bringing up I, I hope we're memories. not. Yeah, we're not. I hope we're not pour, pouring salt in the wound. <laughs> today. No, no, no. <laughs> so, if you're going to play this game, you got to get used to getting your teeth kicked in occasionally, <laughs> which we didn't do that. It was a tournament of champions, so a two-day anglers in action. The best teams from Lake of the Ozarks, Grand Lake, and Table Rock all meet at a uh, at a different. You know, we kind of rotate where the tournament of champions is. This year, it fell on the home pond. Uh, man, it was a tough grind. It really was. There were some guys that found them, uh, but for this time of year at Lake of the Ozarks, very difficult. Uh, I sent you that picture of the big one oh, that I yeah. caught on accident in practice. <laughs> Mark, you'll love this. So I was fishing super shallow. There was a lot of fish moving shallow with that water temperature finally starting to come down. Those colder nights we had last week, and I was I always always keep my eyes peeled on my jig as I'm reeling it back after, you know, I worked it in the area that I want to and I'm reeling it back. And Mark, Tony, this bass was coming and I did everything in my power to try to jerk it away from it. (laughs) (laughs) Open. And when I jerked it with the rod, she just sped up and ate it and then it turned and went out of sight. There was nothing I could do. It just completely choked it, which clued me in on how I wanted to kick fish i wanted to keep that jig moving uh and not let it just you know not drag it along the bottom but man you don't want to catch a six plus the day before the tournament oh, no, no. that no, thing I mean, was a bad omen that thing was a pig that thing was yeah. a hog and i you well i i could agree more you guys know my superstition that's like literally the worst thing that could possibly happen to me is like sure. catching a big fish in right practice or catching one right off the bat on a on a day like i would have been i would have been happy as i as i told you i'd have probably changed my shirt about 10 times and taken uh uh <laughs> taking pictures from all different angles so i could send that picture out uh once a year for the next 10 years um because that thing was an incredible fish but uh the good news is yeah. i caught one in the tournament that was almost as big i caught out of 582 oh, in the tournament. So, uh, but we struggled. Uh, the, the fish were so scattered. The typical fall, uh, guys were catching them on top water all over the place. I couldn't get a bite on top water. Uh, mm. that's not true. I had a couple small ones on time. We, we caught lots and lots of fish. I just, I couldn't pin down. Normally with me, I can get a limit lickety, you know, not lickety split, but, but, but get a limit and then go hunting a big one. This tournament, I caught a big one, you know, pretty much right off the bat and then couldn't fill out the limit. We only had three on day one, but we were still in it. We were still sitting in like 27th place. That's how tough it was. It helps to be anchored with a nearly six pounder. Uh, mm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But then day two, Tony, we didn't have a keeper in the boat until 45 minutes till weigh in. Wow. And I went to a spot that I've 
I've won multiple, I've won a couple events off of, you know, just blindly me and Gabe didn't even go there and practice and bam, bam, I caught two, three pounders, but that's all we could get off of there. And we waited only two. So we dude, to finish, I think we finished in the low fifties, like 52, 53rd place out of 150 or 135 of the best anglers in the Ozarks, nothing to hang your hat, you know, had about too much, you know, uh, but there's still, a lot of anglers yeah. that didn't even have, you know, there was a lot of guys that blanked. There's a lot of guys that didn't even show up to fish the second day. So, but, but they were all over the place, Mark and Tony. You, you wouldn't believe it. Like some guys that I, and these, I'm not, this is a doc talk post tournament, right? This is guys being honest friends, people you've known a long time. There was guys catching them in 35 feet and guys catching them in eight inches. Mm. I was the guy. So, and I was catching them off the front of the dock, the back of the dock. I mean, they were just so spread out. You just had to put your head down and cover lots of water. And the it's only going to, if you need to get down to the Lake of the Ozarks this weekend and come, it's going to just, I've always told you, right, Tony, my favorite time to fish at Lake of the Ozarks is deer season because I don't deer hunt. <laughs> yep. And all the other guys, all the other guys are out deer hunting. So uh, you have the lake to yourself. But yeah. that lake's only going to get better from now until it gets hard. So it, is it? Is there any change? Because this tournament was, Mark and I were just talking in that first segment also about the, uh, you know, the weather change this week. This is one of those famous Mm -hmm. St. Louis weeks where we went from 80 degrees to 50 degrees. And this tournament obviously was before the temperatures dropped. Does that drop in temperature change anything? If If that tournament was this weekend instead of last weekend, would it, would it, would you be, would there be a different approach? To me, it's going to push more of them up shallow. A, they haven't all the water temperature was still 64 degrees, so it hasn't got cool enough to push them all to the bank yet. But there was Mark, me and Mark have talked about this before. There's there was just eight to ten inch gizzard shads up on the bank, just circling in like eight inches of water. Mm-hmm. So once those fish move shallow, it's going to be game on because you know it's. We were talking about those bait fish last week. We were yeah, talking about that. The bait. Yeah, specifically the big shad. Um, yeah, we were they, talking about catfish yeah. last week. Yeah. We were, yeah, yeah. Uh, do, do guys fish with live gizzards for for catfish at all, Mark? Not too often. They have they, you know, it's just hard to keep them alive. I, they would yeah. if they could, but they're just not that hardy of a fish, right? So, so right. Mike, you said that uh, you, this tournament you, last week and before the drop in temperatures, you, one of the frustrating things was how spread out they were as these temperatures cool down will they coalesce and and will they yep. be easier to find going forward yes. do you think more of them will get in six foot or less yeah yeah and they'll move to the bank to feed up on all those big gizzards up there there's still just there's still just enough bait out deep and enough the water temperature that i mean i didn't think there's i didn't even go look to fish in 35 feet of water that's normally how i like to fish but I just, you know, I didn't have much time to practice due to having some boat issues, some battery issues. So I only got down there Friday. So I just concentrated shallow, but it uh, turns out there were still a lot of groups of big ones out in, on bluff ends in like 35, 40 feet of water. We guys running tape for uh, 10 horse. Yep. 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 So this will be out. This will be out. Uh, well, Gabe it was just telling me on the drive home, he's like, man, I've got a backlog <laughs> of, of <laughs> stuff at it. You know, part of the, the life of the tin horses. No such you know, thing as too much content, baby. No such thing. That's the, oh, you'll love this. So I am trying to get on with First Form Outdoors Pro Staff 
And I had an interview on the phone with a lovely woman, Kylie Patterson, that works there. She's a mixed martial artist that lives in High Ridge and works for First Form. Uh, I'm on Instagram. You're on Instagram? I'm on Instagram. I made my first couple posts today. Uh, I, I, I have to be Congratulations. Yeah. Daughter, Quentin's daughter, laughing at you. Quentin's laughing at you. My daughter is going to be my 14, my 14 year old daughter, the wrestler. She's going to be, she's excited. She's going to, she wants to be my, uh, uh, camera person. Manager. Oh, she's yeah, going to be your social media manager. That's good. Yeah, She'll I, be better I, than, I, than you at it. That's for sure. Oh, 100%. I couldn't even figure out how to make a public I posted, I tried to post a picture of that fish that I sent you. And I put uh, first form outdoors hashtag or hashtag first form outdoors uh, meat stick gang, and the dang text went right over the fish. Uh, so, <laughs> so I had to, got like, a lot to learn, old man. <laughs> yeah, I do. but my daughter, I've also learned that she's awful bossy. So I, I, uh, I might have to. I called my daughter in law, and I'm taking her to dinner mm-hmm. and her younger sister Saturday night, so they can school me up on some. Out of Instagram. That is great. So, so how can people follow you? What's your, do you know your Instagram oh, address or handle or whatever they call it? Marfell Mike. I think that's what it is. That works. How do I find it? If you type Mike Marfell in, you'll find it. I know that. Uh, Just look yeah, for the bad pictures that are with uh, text blocking fish. Well, I've got that figured out now. They're not that bad. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Story disappeared. But I'm so excited about this opportunity. I'm gonna, the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really try to work at it. I really am. Um, you know, most of the reason I think I haven't done well in the last, I haven't won a tournament in two or two years, maybe three years, and I've just cashed a few checks, just not been on the top of the podium, right? Uh, I'm, I'm getting out. Of, I'm getting older, and I'm getting out of shape. And I think uh, me and Mark, you have talked about it. Fast fishing isn't drowning worms, sitting on a bucket, drinking a beer. So if you can't go hard all day, I mean, when I was younger, Tony, that boat wouldn't even be settled in the trolling motor be in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I kind of got to use a steering wheel to get my fat butt up. Out and get on. <laughs> so we're going to rectify that. I'm going to get my, that's this Atta first boy. Form me to get my butt back in shape. I told oh. you I went to Blake Snyder workout at first form headquarters. And I felt like I'd been prison gang raped for a week after that. <laughs> I couldn't hardly walk. I was limping around the house. And hey, man, you got to take it easy. You got to ease into that stuff, buddy. You can't, uh, yeah. You can't go hard on the first one. I've never been around that many attractive young people in my life. I just, I, when, when Andy Purcella puts that on, top 10% of all of his social media influencer people from around the country come to that thing. And, yeah the man in me would not give up when there's that many attractive young fit females around. And I regret it. Well, he should have. Yeah, I should have. I will admit, learned. Yeah. Big admit, time. The, the burpees turned into the stretches to keep my hamstrings from locking up. Uh, <laughs> but if nobody's done, you need, if, yeah, that's a great event for backstoppers anyway. So keep your that's eyes awesome. out for that. We'll mention it next year when it comes around. Everybody should go out and support that, you yeah. know, I don't but, know. Uh, dude, the, fish, the fishing's great right now. Tony Falls, my favorite time. I've told you that a million times. I guess, did I have a sock cap? No, I had taken my sock cap. I've told you all the big ones, I always have a sock, sock cap on my head. So, yeah. Uh, 
this is the time of year where the the big ones eat up. Yeah, they start feeding up. So absolutely, get out there, man. Get time out to get some get pictures for your Instagram account. This is the time to do it, people. Get out there and get your pictures for your Instagram. Yeah, this is the time. Absolutely, absolutely, Mike. Hashtag. Yeah, we're just about out of time. Great stuff, as always, and uh, we will talk to you again uh, very soon, my friend, and we'll be looking for you on the Instagram. Can't wait. And I've been hashtagging the Bluff City on both of my pictures. Atta baby. Atta boy. That's how you do that. And, Mark, I got those colors coming to you tonight. I got a consensus put together, so we'll get those Mega Bass colors to you tonight, buddy. Okay, yeah, because I got to get that order in the pipeline, so I got it there by the Collinsville show. Great stuff. Sounds good, man. Thanks for the opportunity, Tony. It's great to talk to you. And remember, we don't do the fishing report, but Lake of the Ozarks, still big boats out. You're running that outboard life, life vest and kill switch. Don't be a statistic, man. Yeah, don't be a statistic and don't be a dick. Thanks, Mike. Great stuff as always, buddy. Talk to you Love soon. You yeah. See you, Mike. Awesome stuff there. Yeah, from Mike Marfell. And uh, before we switch over, we, we, we aren't bringing you the full-blown fishing report this week. We'll have another one for you next week. But um, kind of as Mike mentioned there, and as, and we were talking off the air, uh, Mark, it's, it's, it's the same as last week, essentially. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, just basically the, the crappie bite's really on and yeah. coming on and getting stronger. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're catching bass or, you know, just everything this – Feeds this time of year. Yeah, that as these temperatures drops. drop, this is going to be a good. This is going to be a good run here for the next several weeks. So definitely take advantage of it. Make sure you are prepared for your next fishing trip or just your next trip into the great outdoors in general by stopping by the shop Bluff City Outdoors in Alton, about a mile east of Fast Cities. They're on Broadway in Alton. Bluff City Outdoors open every day for you. And uh, don't forget also to be subscribed to this podcast, the Bluff City Outdoors Show podcast. We put it on just about every podcast platform, including the Bluff City Outdoors Show uh, or the Bluff City Outdoors Facebook page. All right, we are going to bring you one of our one of our favorite conversations. I, one of the best things about this show is I like to, and people ask about this all the time, to go back and revisit because we've had some great conversations with people that got great stories about catching some big fish. So we're going to bring you one of those conversations. Anthony Maggard. Anthony yep. Maggard, uh, this, uh, from several weeks ago, uh, this year, catching 104-pound catfish and uh, sharing that story with us. So we are going to uh, bring you that conversation next here on the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 1019 and 941 News Talk STL. Welcome back to the Bluff City Outdoors Show on 101.9 and 94.1 News Talk STL. And yeah, as we mentioned a moment ago, we get asked all the time to replay some of the great stories that we have heard here on the show over the years. So here is one of our favorites. This is from a few months ago, earlier this year, our buddy Anthony Maggard from Bluff City Outdoors talking about his latest 100 plus pound catfish catch. Here you go. And joining us now on the line, as we mentioned, one of our guests this week. We're going to talk to Gabe Montgomery, the 10-horse Monty, in a few minutes. But right now, Anthony Maggard from Bluff City Outdoors is on the line with us. And Anthony is one of the guys who made news here recently, Mark, with the with the most recent three-digit, triple-digit catfish. 104. 104-pound catfish caught a couple weeks ago in the Mississippi River and... Uh, 
Anthony, really appreciate your time. I love to talk to guys uh, who have these stories about catching these giants and, uh, you know, close to record-sized fish. So really appreciate your time today. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Really glad to have you on. So as Mark mentioned that last segment, uh, recent 104-pound catfish, but not even your personal best. So hunting these uh, these big cats uh, in the Mississippi River is something that, you, uh, that you've made a specialty out of. Yes. It's like saying it's something I've done since I was a little kid with my father. <laughs> So how many? Uh, them all over. Yeah, yeah. So how special is it for you? I would imagine that there's still something magical about that hundred pound uh, limit. You've probably caught a lot of a lot of really big fish, but something about uh, tipping the scales and getting that triple digit is still probably got to be something that uh, that feels pretty cool. Oh, it is. It's, it's it's rare. It's not you know. It don't happen all the time. Right. You know to catch uh, I caught two of them now over hundred pounds so. Yeah, it's something to, it's a great accomplishment. Yeah, so tell us about some of the uh, experiences out there on uh, on the river here recently. Is fishing getting? You know, you said you've been doing it your whole life. Is it uh, is it better now? Is it worse? Is it the same? Are there big differences? You know, like just kind of take us through some of that uh, some of that journey and some of those experiences of of being out on the water for such a long time. I think it's the same. I mean, you just got to locate the fish, find the fish, and see if you can get them to bite. A lot of times, you know, it's a lot of pressure when you're fishing tournaments and stuff like that. You know, a lot of stress on you trying to find good fish and quality fish. But as far as the fishery, I think it's still an excellent fresh fishery in the Alton, Illinois area. It's just unbelievable the amount of 100-pound fish that's been pulled out of there over the years. Yeah, it really is. Did you have a question? No, no, I okay. just say, yeah, I mean, because, you know, it seems like every few weeks, we'll, you know, either one of the guides will get one or we'll hear one somewhere in the area, you know, usually half a dozen of them yeah. during the summer. Yeah. And Anthony, are you somebody who will, you know, we've talked to guides and other folks on the on the show before, you know, that they will identify that there's one of these giants somewhere in the area and they will, you know, they'll they'll track that one specific fish. Is that is that your style, or are you just out to are you are you just out fishing, you know, recreationally, having a good time? And you certainly have the skills and the know how and the knowledge to catch the big guys. But do you do you like do you identify that there's like this one big fish out there, and then and then start to zero in on on you know one specific fish? Yeah, I just I mainly I just locate, try to locate the big ones. You can tell if they're big fish or not, and locate them. Like not all times you're gonna give them to bite, but yeah. you know, or sometimes you will. It's right. just a matter of locating them and finding them. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm glad you brought up the fishery, the the area. We were just talking about this a moment ago. Um, I, 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 I think that, that fishermen know, I think the people that are in the industry, they know how special this area is and how lucky we are to have this incredible situation with the confluence of these big rivers of the Mississippi and the Missouri and even the Illinois river all being there together. But, uh, this is a, what we have here in our area is not something that is enjoyed, especially for people like you, for cat people that are fishing for catfish, um, like uh, we have one of the we have a very unique and and pretty um, pretty awesome uh, area fishery for uh, that people can take advantage of in our area that uh, others in the country do not have that same luxury. My is that a is that a true statement? Oh, it's very true. Like I say, I, I put this area probably top five in the United States. Yeah, 
yeah. far as the best fisheries around. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, you know, the amount of, you know, it's been fished hard over the years. We've had commercial fishermen fishing. They still fish it to this day, but mm. there's so many record catfish in that river. I look for it to be the world record to be broke around here. Yeah, yeah. You know, we talk about those record numbers, Mark, all the time. We talk about, you know, I, I, I agree with you, Anthony. I think that it's only a matter of time before the either the Missouri state record or the Illinois state record falls. We've What a feather in our cap if we have yeah, a world it, record. I, 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 you know, I, I kind of agree with Anthony, you know, that I think it could fall here or that 140-pound mark get, get tipped over. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, my buddy Will, Anthony knows Will, Will's, Will's yeah. Will, yeah. but he did show me the scans of a catfish that when we scaled it out is about six feet long. Woo. The world record and, you know, the, all these big ones are usually typically 57, 58 inches long. Yeah. I mean, you go, you're adding another foot. Man. You know, I mean, you're going to add a lot of weight. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and he, he said he's thinks he's hooked it a couple of times and it's broken him off. Mm. So. Mm. Well, we've all caught, we've all had a world record on the line, I think, in the past, right? I mean, we've all. <laughs> but I, I think it's out there. <laughs> so, Anthony, Anthony, can you walk us through that process a little bit of what it's like to, uh, you know, I don't want you to give away any secrets, you know, but just that, that experience of when you, when you've got a fish on, when you've got, when you've made that, when you, you've made that connection, that fight to bring that big fish in. And, you know, how long does it take? You know, what are you, you know, what are some of the things that you're doing to try to make sure that you don't lose it once it's on the line? And then, uh, you know, just the, the, just that whole experience of, of catching that, uh, that fish. How long, how long does that fight take? You know, just kind of walk us through that whole process. Well, with the, you know, with the equipment, the right equipment, it, it really don't take that long. You know, mm-hmm. it's a good fight, but, you know, if you have the right stuff and the right equipment, then you, uh, yeah. Just you can really uh, let that equipment really do its job. It let it, yeah, let that equipment do its job and, and trust it to uh, to hold as you're reeling it in, right? <clears throat> right. Yeah, let it do its job. Like I say, it'll do its job, especially if you you know you buy the good stuff. Mm-hmm. At Bluff City Outdoors, stuff that's been proven over the yeah. right, Bluff City Outdoors. We got it all down there. <laughs> Hello, baby. What reel did you catch that on, a Dakota? <laughs> I caught that on a no. I caught it on a Garcia rocket. Rocket, okay. Nice. Yep. I've been fish- yeah, I've been fishing with the 6,500 Rockets for years. Never had a problem out of them. And like I say, I caught one in 2015 that weighed uh, 114. I caught it on a Rocket, too. How, one of my favorite reels. How how long of a fish is 104-pound, 114-pound? Like you were just talking about a six-foot fish being way bigger than the yeah, world the ones that, like, I, I was just happened to just look some up the other day. The they were all in that fifty seven, fifty eight. The world record in the Illinois and the Missouri were all in that fifty seven, fifty eight inches long. And the only thing that really was different on them was the girth, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it was just a matter of a couple inches different on each yeah. one. So. Yeah, Anthony, with all your ex- yeah, go ahead. No, please go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. <clears throat> that hundred and fourteen I caught in two thousand fifteen. It was sixty one inches long. Wow. And I had it uh, weighed and certified through DNR. Because I knew it was close to the record. The record's 124 in the Illinois state record. Yeah, yeah. And actually, they told me that uh, if I'd have caught that fish a month earlier, it probably would have either beat the record or been right there with the record because it was a female. That she'd have had a full, been full of eggs. Yep. <laughs> yeah, 61 inches. I mean, that's, yep. 
Yeah, yeah. Would you re- when 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 they tell you that when a ra- when a when a uh, a park ranger tells you that or somebody from the conservation department shares that information, Anthony, are you glad to know it or would you rather not know that you were that you were just a few weeks off of maybe having a record fish? Oh, I'm glad to know it. My main thing is, you know, I want to get the fish back in the back in the waters, you know, safely alive, and yeah. you know, they can swim away good. Somebody else can catch them, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, that's, I, I don't. I like that information. Yeah, that's awesome, and I and it just goes to show you the care we talk about it all the time. You know, it's the it's the it's the guys that do this regularly. It's the professional fishermen. It's the avid uh, recreational fishermen and hunters and 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 hikers and campers that take care of the water and the land and everything. So I, I think that that's a that's a that's a great thing. Um, have you noticed, Anthony, in your years of fishing out there in the Mississippi, the Missouri? I mean, we've been through a lot. You know, we've been through a lot of, of we've seen floods, we've seen droughts, we've seen, especially here recently, we've seen more pressure. You mentioned the commercial pressure. We've also seen more uh, recreational pressure on the water. As far as you can tell, are the fish still thriving in the water? Are they are they healthy? Are they well fed? Is is it still uh, are things still still doing good out there in the in the the confluence area, the Mississippi, Missouri, Illinois River area? Oh yeah, they're they're definitely thriving out there. Like I say, this has been one of the best years so far. You know, for the spawn and all that, and big fish being caught. I mean. They, they thrive out there. There's, you know, as long as people, you know, practice catch and release of them great big catfish, you know, we'll have them forever. Yeah. And, you know, the younger generation growing up will be able to catch them, you know, and there might be, you know, 50 pounds bigger. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Have you had to deal very much with the Asian carp situation? Because I, I've had one experience, personal experience with Asian carp flying over the boat and it is something that boy, if, it, until you you can watch all the videos you want on Asian carp, you can watch those crazy videos of these fish jumping in the boat and whatever. Until you see it with your own eyes, you you don't realize that ten pounds fish smacks you in the face. Yeah, till that how like these freaking torpedoes are just flying through the sky. Oh, how how much is that? In the boat all the time. Yeah, yeah. Is that something that you see? Is that pretty much just a common occurrence now for for folks that are out there on the Mississippi Missouri rivers? Very common, very common. Like I said, they don't like that motor sound, and that's what gets them to jump. They jump in the boat, but they are. They're actually really, really good catfish bait. Oh, really? Oh, that's good. Oh, they're really good catfish bait. Yeah, so it's we're actually, you know, helping by using them as catfish bait. Yeah, that is good. You know, I've, I've noticed that we've adapted, haven't we? We've adapted with that because I remember, you know, several years back whenever this problem was happening and it's certainly not a great thing that these asian carp have come in this invasive species has come in and you know have have created you know such an environment in in our area but we've adapted in a way like the 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 fish the the environment under the water has adapted and we've adapted above the water with with you know using these fish for various things and you know and it hasn't been the uh the ecosystem killer that i think some were afraid of it was going to be at the beginning yeah, it seems like some of the Seems like the the common carp and the buffalo are the two species of fish that have really suffered because they can kind of compete for food. Gotcha. And uh, but catfish are eating them. You know the white bass and uh, the hybrids and the stripers. They're they're eating them. So those game fish are. You know it's another food source. Yeah, that's good. That's great to know. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for your time. It's great to talk to you. I hope that we get you back on again sometime very soon. And we're talking about an even bigger fish. 
And uh, Mark and I are keeping our fingers crossed that maybe that uh, not only do we see that record, that record set sometime uh, soon, but maybe see it set in the Alton Catfish Classic. Yep. That would be a that'd be a, that'd be a headline maker, wouldn't it? Yep. <laughs> set that state record or that world <laughs> yep, record in the Classic. That'd be that'd be pretty awesome, awesome yep, stuff. Yeah. Anthony, thanks so much for your time. Really love to hear that uh, hear that stuff from guys out there on the water and uh, look forward to talking to you again very soon. We'll see you out there at Bluff City Outdoors, I'm sure, very soon also. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. you see you, Anthony. Yep. So, yeah, there you go. Great stuff from Anthony Maggart, one of the great stories that we have heard over the years here on the Bluff City Outdoors show. And that is going to wrap things up for this week. We will be back here next week for you. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast in the meantime so you don't miss anything that happens here on the show. And for producer Quentin and my partner Mark McMurray from Bluff City Outdoors, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Bluff City Outdoors show on 101.9 and 94.1 News Talk STL. 